And once again, it is what's involved. You know, I love chatting to interesting people, fascinating people, and I try and find uh, some of the most interesting and fascinating people for you. And one such person is coming to me all the way from uh, the United States. Uh, the gentleman is Robert Raymond Riopel. Hello to you. <laughs> hey, David. Nice to uh, be chatting with you. And I, I won't take it personally that you considered I'm from the 51st state of Canada. So I'm not quite in, in the U.S. <laughs> oh, are you in Canada? It's, it's, a, it's no wonder you're so nice then, because I was going to say, you, you're way nicer than a lot of Americans sometimes. But don't worry, we won't say that loud and on air. Um, so, so you're in Canada. So it's early in the morning there, I'm assuming around about 5 a.m. As, as we're doing this chat. And what is the weather like there? Because from, from an outsider's perspective, I, I, I just think Canada and I think cold, colder, coldest. <laughs> well, and it all comes down to perspective if you think about it. So we are entering into our spring here, so which is nice. And and we're right now, we are actually in the above zero. We're actually at plus two right now. And it's going to be a beautiful day. We're going to get up to about 17 degrees as our high. So, you know, not too shabby for this time of year. Wow. And we're in autumn going into, into our winter now. And we're complaining because, uh, you know, our minimum temperatures go down to about 10 degrees. And, you know, during the day, it's up to 22, 23. And that's horrific for us. <laughs> well, I, I hope, you know, I'm feeling your pain right now, David. I'm feeling your pain. I hope you can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's, before we, we, we sort of, you know, dive into a couple of the topics that I want to, to chat to you about, because um, you, you do some amazing things and, you, and you've, you've interacted with some incredible people. Tell me a little bit about Robert Riopel, where did you start off in life and how did you get to, to be on the stages that you are today? Uh, yeah, well, I'd like to say it was, uh, I was designed that way, but I'll tell you, it's been, it's been a journey and that's what I've absolutely loved. I am the youngest of four uh, here in Alberta and Canada and raised in a family where I was taught that when you grow up and you start working, which you do at a young age, is you just find a job that's secure that's going to pay you the most possible. And even if you hate that job, you do it. That's how you take care of your family. And so that's what I did. And I started working very, very young age. I've always been an entrepreneur. And here I am. Um, I'm a newlywed. I'm 21. And all of a sudden, I'm being laid off from my third job. And I'm going, okay, something's wrong here. I'm working hard. I'm staying loyal to the companies I'm working for. I started getting a complex, David. I'm like, is it every big company that hires me? All of a sudden, they shut down or go out of business. Is it me? Is it something I did? And um, here in Alberta, we have a lot of oil. And so in 1989, when I'm being laid off from this third job, all of a sudden it's like, what am I going to do? There's no real work. I, I'm looking for a real job. Can't find anything. So I decided to do something until I find that job. And I start delivering pizzas for Domino's Pizza. And because of my work ethic, I end up becoming a going from a driver to becoming a manager. My wife becomes my assistant. We start getting into that rhythm of working hard, open to close seven days a week because we both know how to work hard. And a year and a half in, all of a sudden we kind of, I go into fear mode again because my franchisee goes, oh, um, I'm done with Domino's Pizza. I'm selling my two stores. And my mind went, oh man, here we go again. Not only am I gonna lose my job this time though, my wife is as well, our income's gonna be gone. And my solution was, well, then we need to talk to the other franchisees, 
find out who has um, is in need of managers because we knew that when stores were sold, the new owners came in and they let go of the managers first because they had their own team. And so that was my kind of theory. Here's what we're going to do. And my wife's kind of looking at me as after I get all this off my chest and I'm frustrated and like, how is this happening to us? And she looks at me, she goes, I have a question for you. And I'm like, what? She goes, well, why are we going to do that? Why don't we just buy this store? We're franchisees or we're qualified to be franchisees. I looked at her like she was insane. And I'm like, because we don't have any money. That's why we don't buy the store. Because it's amazing how you know money kind of plays into that. But I'll tell you, my wife, also youngest of um, her family, but she's youngest of five, raised by a single mother. Her mother raised her kids that you find a way. And so we started learning, how do you buy a business if you don't have money? Fast forward five months later, making a lot of mistakes and doing a lot of learning. And all of a sudden, we weren't able to buy the store that we um, had and we were managing. We ended up buying both the stores he had for sale. And we did it with no money of our own. And we became franchisees. And we started doing okay, David. But one of the things we realized, and, and I'm sure it's the same in South Africa, there's a big difference between knowing how to run a, a store and knowing how to run a business. And I'll tell you, we struggled for the first couple of years figuring it out because here we are, only 23. And we're like, oh, we're successful. And our, our whole philosophy was, if there's money in the bank, we must be doing okay. <laughs> I'm going to tell all your listeners, that's not how you do business. <laughs> and, um, you know, a couple of years in, we had to, the government comes knocking on the door going, uh, hello, you've got a business. There's something called financials that you're supposed to be filing. We got caught up and our, uh, our accountants, when we finally hired one and they got everything caught up, they looked at us and they're like, how did you make it work? How did you survive? There's no way you should have but our tenacity wouldn't let us quit. And so we started doing better. We now knew how to make it and we started making money. And David, I'm going to shock you. And I hope your audience is okay with this because something happened to us. I, I don't think it's ever happened to anybody else. As we started getting successful, we started spending more money than we were earning. And I know that's shocking. I know you've never heard of that ever happening before, it right? I've, I, frankly, I'm <laughs> flabbergasted because none of us well, in South Africa do anything like that. <laughs> and here we are eight years into being franchisees. And now we're over $150,000 in personal debt and going down quickly. And that's when we were introduced to personal development. And we ended up going to a three-day training that when we walked out of that training, we had learned not only why we were in debt, but more importantly, we actually learned to take responsibility for our debt. I was good at blaming other people. It was because of them we lost this investment or because of that it didn't work. And when we learned to take ownership and then some specific skills that if we didn't want to be in debt, what we could do to change that, all of a sudden our life turned around really quickly. And next thing you know, we go from being over $150,000 in personal debt to actually being retired, completely financially free, nine months later at the age of 32. And um, that is an amazing, <laughs> amazing story. But, you know, there's, there's part of me that goes, oh, okay, this sounds like a Cinderella story and it sounds too good to be true. Um, oh. <laughs> and there's a lot of things and a lot of times that you hear things like that and it's like, but then why can't we do it? Why aren't I doing it? I, I mean, I come from also a very, a very conservative background. Um, and, and, you know, you were supposed to, to grow up 
uh, get a job, work your entire life uh, at that job, um, you know, yep. get married, have the wife and, and the 2.4 children and the white picket fence. And when I didn't want to do any of those things and I said I wanted to be a radio presenter, my family were horrified. They were absolutely horrified. My dad, I remember my dad saying to me, but how are you going to look after your family? Um, mm -hmm. And and yeah, you know, and I've also had somewhat of an entrepreneurial bent over over the time, and I've I've done a lot of things. But this elusive this elusive dream of success is is a problem for me, and um, I haven't I haven't found it. In certain ways, I'm, I think I'm very very successful, but in other ways, I think oh, no, we could do with a bit of an upgrade here. So I tell you what, Robert, because you went on to author a book as well. Um, which I like. Yes. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about that and, and talk about what we've just discussed now. You know, because I know there's people listening going, yeah, it's okay for you. You know, you've told us that you, you've made it and you're financially independent, yada, 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 but it doesn't help us. So when we come mm -hmm. back, can we chat a bit more about that? Yeah, I'm here to be of service and assist people because you've hit it right on, David, that it isn't all just like, oh, there's ups and downs and love to help people with that. Fantastic stuff. This is What's Involved, my special guest, Robert Raymond Riopel. Uh, we'll be having more from him when we come back. This is What's Involved. So good to have you along with us. And we're back with my special guest, Robert Raymond Riopel. Um, Robert, so you said I hit the nail on the head. And, and you know, I, I think I may well be guilty of, of, of being one of those people, but you get uh, certain people who become professional seminar goers, you know, and, and you're always looking for that answer that what is going to, to help me? How do I get out of this? How do I break <laughs> this cycle? Uh, is, is, is that a thing? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, whether you want to call it a seminar junkies, whether you want to call it whatever it is, and people go, well, what's the secret? And, and I'll tell you, since we're on, you know, what's involved, let's tell you what's the secret. The secret is, is there is no secret. You have to put the work in. And that's one of the things that I've noticed around the world. The biggest difference between people who have success and people that don't is successful people take actions. And, and But then one of the paralyzing reasons a lot of people don't, David, is because they go, but I'm already working hard and I just, I can't take any more time. And, and you know, what I would love to do is actually tell people and, and give them the hard truth of how my wife and I were able to go from that $150,000 in debt to retirement financial freedom in nine months. And I'll tell you, it's, it takes work. But the beautiful part is, and this has just been my experience from traveling around the world, now personally having taught over half a million students in live trainings all over the world, is that the truth is you're going to work hard anyway, and you already are. But most people are working hard staying broke. And it's, a lot of it is because they don't know what they don't know. So you're already working hard. Let's make some adjustments so that that working hard allows you to create the financial freedom or the happiness that you really want. So if you, you want to go down that journey, let's do that. I think that would be a fantastic uh, uh, place to start and to go down because I'm, I'm sitting here now and I'm thinking about uh, a conversation that uh, – my, my fiance and I had the other day because part of this whole business is we, we're a digital agency and we do online learning, et cetera, et cetera. And we're sitting and saying, you know what? The business is, is making money. We're working harder than we've ever worked in our lives in ridiculous hours. 
And yet, at the end of the day, there's still no money. You know, where, where is this thing where you get to be a successful entrepreneur and you can take time off and, and have weekends and things like that? I know I'm not the only one. So let's, let's dive a bit into that. Yeah, absolutely. So at the time when we ended up going to this training, like I said, we were working seven days a week open to close, which means we were putting in the 70, 80 or 90 or more hours per week just trying to earn that living. And that's why we were getting frustrated. That's why we weren't enjoying doing Domino's Pizza anymore. But then it was like, what do we do? And like your family, what you described, both my wife and I, when we declared, hey, we're going to become Domino's Pizza franchisees, our families went crazy. You can't do that. What if you don't succeed? How are you going to support each other? What? You, and it was just like, whoa, stop. <laughs> and so first thing I'm going to tell your audience, you have to have the courage to follow your own path. Because it's not that people don't want you to succeed. Most of the time, especially family and friends, they don't want you to do something out of love or caring for you because they're afraid of you getting hurt. And that's their fear being projected on you. And so you have to have the courage to be on your own journey. And one of the things that my wife and I learned is that one of the reasons we were in debt is we had, a, you know, when we started making money, that saying, keeping up with the Joneses, we thought we had to have all the toys. So we had like two vehicles because isn't that what successful people do? Um, we had a boat because one of our stores was in the lake community. So of course you have a boat. Now the stupid thing was our busy season for that store was boating season. So our boat sat in the driveway looking pretty, but barely got used because we were always in the store being busy. But hey, we had a boat. <laughs> and so the first hard decision that we decided to make is we took a really tough look at our life and asked ourselves, what is it that we don't need right now? Sure, we may want it. We may really enjoy having it. But what don't we need that if we were to simplify our life, it would allow us to bring our expenses down. And we took that hard look and we started getting rid of things that were expenses that we just didn't need in the moment. So we sold the boat. We sold one of the vehicles because we were always working together. We didn't need two vehicles. And we started to dramatically reduce our um, different expenses because we had learned that when passive income, it doesn't mean make, meaning you're wealthy. Passive income, or sorry, financial freedom is when passive income, which is money working instead of you, is you have more of it coming in than you have expenses going out. And the moment those two surpass each other, all of a sudden you're now financially free. So in the nine months, when I share my story, people go, how did you go from deep in debt to actually being wealthy in nine months? And I'm going to be right up front. We didn't. We became financially free, which meant because we reduced our expenses so much, that we had never learned about passive income before. So when we did, it ended up finding two passive incomes that because we reduced our expenses, those passive incomes very quickly started paying for our lifestyle. And so now we are technically financially free, even though we weren't rich. But here's where the magic happened, David. And I hope your audience can handle this because I, you know, in my book, I talk about my three R's of my name, Robert Raymond Riopel. They also stand for keeping it real, keeping it relevant and keeping it repeatable. So I will always tell people the good, the bad, the ugly about what it takes to be successful and live that dream life. And so here we were, we now, we still had debt, 
but we had enough passive income coming in to pay for all of the expenses that we had, which we dramatically reduced. But the magic, which is something we had not expected, the moment we became financially free, we went from working 80 or more hours a week, just earning the living. Now, all of a sudden, we had all those hours freed up because we didn't have to work anymore. And here's my question to you, David. If I magically said, hey, uh, David, you know, I'm, I'm aerodynamic, I'm bald, I'm like a genie. And if I'm that genie and I say to you, here's an extra 40 hours a week to do with whatever you choose. Do you think you could do something with that time that would give you a great life? Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. Right. So I said, magically, we now had 50, 60, 70, 80 or more hours a week freed up because we didn't have to work anymore. And so we decided to take 10 hours, 10 hours a week of that freed up time, not extra time over and above everything else we were doing. But this was time that was freed up and we decided to focus on creating wealth. And the moment we had that, you know, less stress because we weren't having to worry about earning a living and we were able to focus on creating wealth, the wealth creation came so much easier. So my message to your audience is this, go for financial freedom first get the freedom of your time. And then once you've got that time freedom, now focus on creating wealth and watch how much easier it is, how less stress there is, and the more you're going to enjoy the journey. And I hope that makes sense. It does indeed make sense. And, and I, I want to draw a parallel here. And I'm sure, um, in fact, I, I did read somewhere that uh, you've worked with him as uh, T. Harv Ecker. Yes. Um, yep. He, I was actually, that's the training that's changed our life. Okay. And, and so this is great because um, I've attended uh, in South Africa. He was here as well. I attended uh, one of his trainings um, and we were incredibly fired up at the time. Um, and there was a bunch of people I know that attended it as well. And we walked out there and life was going to change. Life was going to be brilliant. Um, he had just given us all the tools we needed and six months into it, nothing had really changed. So this is the part that I get to because my theory is that we all have the same brains in, in the sense of how it's put together. Well, generally, anyway. Uh, but why do some people seem to be able to, like yourself, you went there, you got the mentorship, you got the, the knowledge, and you did something with it. Why do some people do that? and other people fall back into fear or overwhelm. Yeah, and overwhelm's the big one is what really comes in. And what I've discovered in, you know, now the last 20 years of really working on myself, first of all, it comes down to the biggest difference is you've got to be willing to be honest with yourself who you are and what works and what's not, what doesn't work. And so one of the things about me as an example, I am a world class procrastinator world-class if it was if procrastination was an olympic sport then i would be a gold medalist at it no problem and for years i you would have competition from me let's just be honest all right let's do it let's do it competition time. <laughs> and for me it was um for years i battled it like no you're not you get come on you got to get rid of procrastination and i fought it and it wasn't until i realized wow you know it's actually part of who I am. So how can I work with it instead of resisting it? And, uh, you know, I love the saying that environment is stronger than willpower. So knowing that I was a procrastinator, that's where my wife and I said, 
you know, in this energy, in this space, our life does so much better. So as we started growing ourselves, we started volunteering and being in as many seminar rooms as we could, because we knew the moment we were out, like you're just saying, all of a sudden, six months later, not much has changed. So as we started moving forward, we were like, okay, how do we create the reality that we are in these kind of um, seminar rooms with this kind of energy? as much as possible. And when my wife and I created our financial freedom for the first time, we actually became full on volunteers at every event that T. Harvecker put on. And in fact, as at this time, get this, he was only in Canada. He was in the province of Alberta where we live and the province of British Columbia. He's Canadian like myself, that's where he started. And so we were actually volunteering at up to 38 events of his a year at our own expense. Because we knew the more we're in that energy, the more we'd keep moving forward. So for your audience, my question is, is how can you create the reality of being around the energy and the environment that supports you instead of having to struggle with one that does not support you? So for us, that was a solution. And, you know, you mentioned that it's 5 a.m. here where I am right now. And you're surprised that I'm willing to get up at this hour. Here's why. My quote that I came up with is, I design my day in such a way that procrastination cannot play. So because I haven't had to work for money for a lot of years, it's easy to sleep in and I will. So I purposely put interviews, coaching calls, trainings for early in the morning because it's my reason to get up because once I've committed, then there's no problem getting up. And once my day started, I'm on the go because I've learned that's what works for me. Does, does that make sense, David? It absolutely does. And on that note, uh, we're going we're gonna to come back and chat more about this because there is definitely an element of mind and mindset in this whole thing. And I'd like to, yes. I'd like to touch on that because, you know, you, you mentioned uh, you create that energetic reality for yourself. So we'll dive back into that when we come back. My special guest, Robert Raymond Riopel. And uh, what – he's led a fantastic life, I've got to tell you. Um, and uh, also author of a best-selling book called Success Left a Clue. We're going to find out about those clues when we come back. This is what's involved. And we're back with my special guest, Robert Raymond Riopel. Um, as I said, he's, a, he's an international trainer, over half a million students uh, at, around the world, and also uh, this fantastic book, Success left a clue. So, Robert, let's go back to where we were just before the break. In terms of mindset and reality creation, because that's the other side uh, of the coin and something that's been very, very, you know, it's been top of mind. A lot of people have been talking about it, um, you know, in the days of, of The Secret, when The Secret was was uh, revealed in the movie, et cetera, et cetera. And all you've got to do is uh, visualize your perfect outcome and, you know, it'll, it'll happen, you know. And I've, 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 I, for one, think maybe I got it wrong because I meditate every day of my life on my perfect outcome. Uh, and the universe, I think the universe just sits back and goes, you poor, poor person, you have no idea, do you? Because I also firmly believe we all dance on the edge of chaos and none of us really knows what's going on. 
Mm. And, and, you know, let's talk then about my four phases of life that I love to share with people, because that's exactly what really um, either people flow with it or it ends up causing, you know, a lot of struggle in their life. And when you understand that we're going in a perpetual cycle anyway, and if you learn how to embrace it and utilize it, you can actually move towards the life that you truly want with less struggle, with less effort. So if you're willing to go down that road, we can go down that road right now. Oh, I'm, I'm right there next to you, ready to, to get onto the highway of success. Okay, perfect. Well, because I love to keep things simple, David, for me, I tell people I got one brain cell left. I'm doing everything I can to take care of it. So simple works for me. And I love using acronyms. So I want, if people are listening, just think of the acronym of the word OPEN. And even write it down. And when we talk about the word open, each of the letters is going to start, um, stand for one of the phases that people are constantly going through. Now, the O is one you, you were just talking about with meditation. O stands for the observation phase. And in the observation phase, this is where you're not a human being. You're not a human doing. You're actually a human creating. This is where you're visualizing. What is it I would truly love to have in my life? And this could be all areas. This could be your mental, your emotional, your spiritual, your physical, and your financial. So this is the time when, when you're in the observation phase, this is where you do vision boards. You don't have to, you're not trying to figure out how am I going to do it? It's just the question is, what would I like? And then this is why vision boards come in so powerfully is get it in front of you. Visual is memorable, whether you're cutting it out of a magazine and putting it on a board, doing it, you know, digitally where you're creating a vision board online, whatever it is. But this is the time where you take time to just sit and be with yourself and say, what would I really, really like in my life? Now, the P this stands for the pamper phase. And this is one of the things I've realized and learned, David, that most people, especially entrepreneurs, why do they sabotage? Why do they end up crashing? Why do they not end up having the life they want? Is because they forget to do this phase or they don't think they need to or that they deserve to. See, in the pamper phase, this is where you take care of you. You go to that saying, you cannot give what you do not have. So how can you truly take care of others if you're not taking care of yourself. And two words I want people to keep in mind in this phase is creativity and selfishness. Because in this phase, this is where you've got to be creative in how you can pamper yourself. You know, when you enter the pamper phase, this is where you either go on a vacation or book a vacation, or maybe you take 20 minutes and you read a book, or I take my phone out. I, I use an app called calm. I love the sound of rain. So I'll take 20 minutes to half an hour. I'll put my earbuds in and I'll listen. I'll just sit back, close my eyes and listen to the sound of rain for 20, 30 minutes. And it clarifies my mind. It quiets my mind and rejuvenates me. This is a time to get a manicure or pedicure or a massage. This is the time to really take care of you. So here's a practical step that I do in my life. I live by the calendar on, on my phone. And so when my wife and I are doing our calendars up, the first thing we do before we put anything else on the calendar is we actually put in pamper pieces, things to take care of ourselves, time together, time for ourselves, time for family. And think about when you're talking money, wealth rule number one is pay yourself first. So if that's true for money, why wouldn't you do that with your time as well? And that's the mistake most people make is they don't do that. 
So we want you to pay yourself first. So we put our pamper pieces on the calendar first so that we know we're taking care of ourselves. That's where the selfishness comes in because a lot of people go, well, I don't deserve this or I don't have time. Trust me when I say, if you do this, it doesn't have to be huge times, but give yourself some little ways of pampering yourself. Watch how that keeps you rejuvenated. The creativity, and I'll use an example for my life. People are asking me, Robert, you travel around the world. You're on flights for, that are like 12, 14, 16 hours long. Why would you do that? Well, one, I love going to other countries. South Africa is one that I was just about to get to before we didn't, we started um, not doing the trainings there for a little bit. And so I know I'm going to be coming to back to or coming to South, South Africa soon. And I can't wait for that because I love to travel and meet new cultures, new people. So that's one reason. But the main reason I love the longer trips is when I sit on that plane and I get in my seat, that's my time. I don't do business. I don't connect to Wi-Fi. I watch movies because I love watching movies. I read. I eat good food. I drink great wine. Why? Because I know the moment I step off the plane for the next three to five days, I'm on stage for up to 12 hours a day giving, giving, giving. And so if I don't take care of me, how am I going to take care of my students? So those are the first two phases so far. Any questions on that, David? Right, so I think you hit the nail on the head there, Robert, because uh, when you talk about the, the, the pampering thing, we had it in our business the other day. We were, we were busy chatting about this, and you know, we, you need to take time off. We, we're burning out here. And then you're like, oh, no, but I can't. But what about this? And, and you get so scared of taking your foot off the gas um, mm-hmm. that, that it totally clouds this need for that, that special time, that time, as you say, the pampering time. Yeah. And and I'll tell you, I learned it the hard way. I don't want ever anybody to think that I've had the perfect life and everything's just fallen apart. I'm no different um, from anybody else, David. I'm I'm absolutely no different. And even when I started living my passion now in 2001 is when my wife and I first found personal development and it changed our life. And all of a sudden I found out that, Hey, if this can work for us, if I could even help one person do what my wife and I have done, create financial freedom and make it all worthwhile. And all of a sudden I started on the path of wanting to be a trainer. And so the next thing you know, I become T. Harvecker's very first protege, the first person he ever had teach any of his trainings other than himself. And I started living my passion. And next thing you know, I started doing in the first four and a half years of training, I did over 200 trainings around North America and launching into Asia because I was living my passion. But I forgot the pamper piece and I started overliving that passion. My, In fact, I was actually only at home on average two days a month and I got burnt out. And because I wasn't also taking care of myself properly, I ended up um, herniating a disc and having to go through two back surgeries. So in 2008, I ended up having to take a year off, but that year turned into three and a half years because all of a sudden I was so burnt out and having to go through back surgeries that it totally changed and turned my life back around. And at three and a half years, I went from overliving my passion to not living it at all. And next thing you know, I, all those negative non-supportive habits started coming back in because remember environment is stronger than willpower. And it took a very traumatic event to make me realize I had to start training again because that is my gift. And so pampering, that's why when I came out of retirement, I went, you know what? I'm not going to put my body through that again. So how do I have a little more balance in my life? 
And people think that balance is like everything's perfect. It's not. Balance is making adjustments as things go out of balance. And so one of the first things I said is when I come out of retirement, I'm only going to do 20 trainings a year maximum, no matter where in the world I do them, so that I still take six months a year off. Because David, I like my time off, (laughs) plain and simple. And so I've learned this, do it the hard way. And that's why the pamper is so important to me today. And you, like I said, a little bit of selfishness, a little bit of creativity, and watch what that will do for your, your life. Fantastic. Okay, so now let's let's move along to the rest of uh, yes, the letters. Yeah, the E. This stands for the energy phase, and you know this is where it's like get her done. And this is where when you're in the energy phase, it's about writing those emails, doing those um, doing those uh, meetings that you have to do, getting what needs to be done done. And this is another reason why that pamper phase is so important because when I'm in an energy phase, I can put in an eight hour day. Now, at the end of the day, am I tired? Absolutely. But am I burnt out? No, because I know I'm taking care of myself. And one of the biggest things I hear from people of why they're not successful, though, is they go, but Robert, I'm so busy. I have a family. I have my job or my business. You don't understand. And what I've come to learn from the research um, is this, David, is that people are really, really good at being busy but they're not so good at being productive. And again, there's a world of differences between the two. And so what I teach people is the second thing that goes on my calendar after the pamper pieces is what I call focused time. And this is the time where, you know, think about this. I could sit there and go, cause I'm writing my new book right now. I can go, oh, I'm gonna go in, into the office and write my book. Eight hours later, I can come out and go, man, was I busy, but, it doesn't seem like I did a lot of my book. What was I doing? Oh, I checked social media. I was doing emails. I got distracted here. I don't know if you can relate to that at all, David, <laughs> but that's what happened in my life. And so when I do focus, oh, go ahead. To interrupt you, you're talking to somebody who's uh, spent their life with, uh, well, up until recently, undiagnosed ADD. I used to find any rabbit hole to go down. I was saying this morning, right? I'll suddenly find myself on YouTube watching the mating habits of the lesser spotted genet or something. And I'm like, how did I get here? <laughs> so I understand this part. Absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So what I discovered is that it, when I do these focus times, I'll only ever make them 30 minutes to an hour because there's a lot of research on how long a person can truly stay focused. But I've learned for me, and this is what you've got to learn for yourself. For me, an hour of focused time is the most I can really stay focused on something without getting distracted. And so I'll actually put on my calendar, let's say 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock, write book. Now in that one hour, I come in and there's no other distraction. My whole focus is I start writing my book. And I've learned that one hour of me being focused is the equivalent to about six hours of me being just busy. And so now when I put focus times into my calendar, and I was mentioning, I have a, one of my students, she's from South Africa. Her life was the same thing. And, and she's now implemented throughout her day, five days a week only. She's actually puts in three focus times on her calendar and is dramatically 
changed her life because she's now getting so much more done. And she's gone from her husband going, Oh, you just bought another one of those trainings that you're going to do nothing with to now he's one of her greatest cheerleaders. Cause he's like, wow, look at what you're accomplishing. This is amazing. And so his whole energy's changed because her energy changed. So use the focus times and watch what you can accomplish. So that's the third step of the, the four phases. Are you ready for the last one? Indeed. All right. Now, this one, we had to be a little creative, though, David, I'll tell you, because the N is not the first letter of the word, but I wanted the acronym of open. So I had to get creative. So I used the second letter of this word, and it stands for unclutter. And the unclutter phase, another name for it is called chaos. You mentioned chaos earlier. And here's what happens when chaos enters people's lives. What do most people do? They resist it. But if you understand that chaos is natural chaos is natural and actually if you embrace it because as human beings we're meant to evolve and chaos comes into our life to help us get unstuck and evolve and i'll tell you in a moment why i call it the unclutter phase because i'll let you know you can actually volunteer for chaos as strange as that may sound you actually if you courageously volunteer for chaos watch how your life changes because when you go into the chaos phase this is a time to destroy something. When you're here, this is where you destroy something that has not been working in your life. Now, that could be something as um, dramatic as a business or personal relationship that hasn't been working. Or it could be something as simple as destroying a mindset that hasn't been serving you, a belief that you know it's not supporting you, you know it's not true, but yet you hang on to it. And I love the saying that says, proof is a cure of all doubt. So if you want to destroy that belief, prove it wrong so that you can actually get rid of it. The reason I call it the uncluttered phase, though, is because the way you courageously volunteer for chaos is, have you ever gone to your refrigerator, David, opened it up and went, ooh, there's something that needs to be cleaned out of here. It's maybe been in here a little too long. Has that ever happened for you? <laughs> yeah, once or twice. Yeah. So... That's where you go in and you unclutter. Maybe you clean out the refrigerator. I come to my office every couple of weeks. I clean it up. I get rid of the paperwork I don't need. I strain it up. You can go to a closet. What clothes have I not been wearing? Let's take them out now. Donate them or sell them or whatever. Throw them in the trash if they're that, you know, then they're that old. And so you actually unclutter things in your life, which shows to the universe, God, higher power, whatever you want to go by, that you're willing to cooperate. And as a friend of mine says, he says, instead of being willing to live life, courageously allow life to live you. And it does take courage to do this. And so by uncluttering your life in little ways, you're actually cooperating with the universe. And again, this is something never do I want people to believe that I'm any better than anybody else. I'm just... I've got the same, you know, I'm five foot six overweight, 52 year old guy that has no hair, plain and simple. I'm just me. (laughs) That's all I can be. Right. And, um, you know, in that time I took off, I had said, I'm going to take one year as a break, but because I got into my old habits and excuses, well, I didn't realize I herniated a disc. I'm now going through uh, waiting for back surgery. I can't go back and start training again. And I started coming up with all these reasons why I couldn't. 
and I was getting these little messages. And David, have you ever had the universe send you messages that if you ignore, they don't go away, they just come back a little more intense? Have you ever had that happen? <laughs> sadly, sadly, Robert, my I, I am that stubborn that the universe whispers at me. And uh, the only time I actually listen is when I get smacked upside the head by it. So, yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and so you and I are so alike in that way, but you have nicer hair. I'm just going to say that. And so when, here I am two years into my break. That was supposed to be a one year break. I'm now two years into it. When all of a sudden the universe gave me a message I could not ignore. And I was actually attacked by a dog that had lunged for my throat. Thank goodness it got my chin and not my throat. But when it ripped through my chin, I realized one inch further, it would have got my jugular and me and my gift would have been gone. And in that moment, instead of going, why the f did this happen to me? I went, okay, why did this happen to me? And all of a sudden a universal saying came to my mind that I had taught all over the world, that which is not utilized is eliminated. And I had not been living my gift and it could have been gone just that easy. And so could have I. And in that moment, I made the decision. I had to come out of retirement and start training again because it is a gift I have to give this world. And it still took a year and a half for me to go through my you know, physio and get properly back on my feet and that because I said I will never I made the commitment. I'd never put my body through what I did before and cause it to go through you know, two back surgeries. So it took a year and a half to fully come out of retirement. But when I did, I know today. I will never stop training. I will teach any way I can for the rest of my life. And look, COVID has made it now more digital and virtual. So I get to do it from home. So I don't have to travel all the hundreds of thousands of miles a year, but I'm still going to live my gift no matter what. So the unclutter phase takes courage. Fantastic. Now let's, let's just get into this because I want to talk, I want to talk a bit about the book and a bit about what you are in fact offering at the moment, because uh, I know you said you're going to be coming out to South Africa uh, in the not too distant future. And I'm going to put my hand up right now and say, I'd like to be in the front row when that happens, because uh, I'd love to be able to spend some time and hang out with you. But for those of us who are not that fortunate at the moment, in terms of uh, of your book, where is that available? Are, are you going to offer us uh, some kind of a, a special opportunity here? <laughs> well, you know, one of the things I absolutely believe is that our time is one of our most precious commodities. And the fact that, A, you've taken your valuable time to interview me, David, it means so much to me and I appreciate it. And the fact that your audience has taken their valuable time to listen you know, that means a lot as well. So as a gift from you and I to your audience, you know, my international bestselling book, Success Left a Clue, they can simply just go to my name, robertreopel.com, and they're actually going to be able to download the entire digital copy of the book as our gift to them for taking their time. However, I will say it comes with a caveat. And I hope your audience can handle this. Do you think they can, David? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming the caveat is going to be... They need to sign up and get some more info from you? No, that's actually not what it is at all. The caveat is, I no, I didn't write the book for it to go on the shelf and become shelf help. That doesn't help anybody. You know, in the book, I cover the six life-changing habits to achieving your dreams while keeping it real, relevant, and repeatable. There's those three R's again. And so step number three is you have to take action. 
Remember I said earlier, the biggest difference between successful people and not is successful people take action. So knowing people are creatures of habit, I wrote the book as a workbook, meaning there's action steps all the way through. And I'll even say, because it's my quirkiness, you know, I, I'm a goofball. I even will say in the book, hey, did you do the last action? If not, stop reading right now, go back, do the action first, then continue reading. Because here's my promise to everybody. If you download the book, you read it and do the action steps, I guarantee you'll take your life to another level. So that's the caveat is you've actually got to do the work that's in it. It's not hard, but people's minds will come up with reasons not to do it. So that's the caveat. And to give them a little more incentive, because I'm right now in my giving back phase of my life, David, I, I've been blessed in so many ways that I love to help as many people as I can. When they download the book, they're actually going to be able to book in to have a 20-minute one-on-one with me, no one else, strategy session where because they're going to fill out a questionnaire in that 20 minutes, I'm going to give them some very practical strategies that they can put into their life to take their life or break through obstacles that have been holding them back. I'm going to give them some great strategies. I don't do any selling on this call. I'm just there to give them 20 minutes of sheer value so that they can take one more step in the direction that they want to go. So that's the best way to stay in touch with me and to really take what I'm teaching and go to another level with it. Robert, I think that is absolutely fantastic. And and I'm humbled by your generosity. Thank you so much. My challenge to each and every one of you, though, is get the book follow the actions, book that 20-minute call, and I'd love to hear some feedback. You know, if, you, if you'd like to get hold of me, uh, it's david at whatsinvolved.com. Tell me about how it went. Tell me what you think. Tell me whether you agree or disagree. Uh, I'm a big fan of, of discussion in that uh, aspect. Robert, you said to me you're writing another book, a second book. So I'm putting my hand up there for an interview about that book as well. <laughs> um, aside from that, though, you know, and I like to ask my guests this uh, before I let them go, because we are running out of time. What is next, aside from the book, for Robert? Yeah. Well, you know, um, because two words I live by, and this is part of my new book as well, and the four phases actually are from my new book, is the um, two powerful words I use in my life all the time are what's next. You know, March 10th, 2020, I was on a flight back from India. I just finished a powerful three-day training when all of a sudden the world changed and I went from flying 200,000 miles a year down to zero. And I could have, I, I played the victim for a couple of weeks. My wife and I did just like a lot of people, like what's going to happen, how, you know, cause all of a sudden hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue were gone. All my live events around the world canceled. And so we played the victim for a little bit, but when we started to realize what we were doing to ourselves, cause again, we're like everybody else. So I asked, we asked ourselves what's next. And my wife and I, we were blessed that we live on a beautiful acreage that we bought a few years ago with the intention of eventually building a training center on it. So instead of me having to travel so much around the world, my students would come to me. And so we decided to build it now. And so I'm now sitting in my office and, and it's a, I, I'll do it in square feet because I don't know the square meters, even though I am Canadian. But we built a 2,400 square foot training center on the back of our home. And now... I'm looking forward to being able to have masterminds and, and students come see me here. I love training trainers. So having them to be able to come and be in front of a camera because I've now set up a studio where I've got, you know, video walls, I've got multiple cameras, uh, angles and stuff like that. So I, I'm now doing a lot of trainings from my own home office, having a blast doing that. 
But I'm also going to be in India back in September. I'm coming up in September. I'm going to be down in the U.S. doing some trainings because some live trainings are coming back on. And I'll not do 20 now. I'll do only about four or five live trainings a year. The rest will be from home because I like being at home. Yeah, that's. I, I got to agree with you. I mean, I, I thought as well when when uh, this this COVID hit and and all of our sort of trainings etc that we do as well were cancelled. I thought that's it. I don't know how I'm going to survive. Don't know. Don't know because I live by being able to interact with people and deal with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've, I've become quite used to being at home and doing everything remotely. Although, Robert, I think <laughs> I speak I speak for all of all of my listeners now. Um, we would love to have you in this country, and and uh, I'd love to be able to sit down and have a cup of coffee with you. But thank you so much. If you missed out, um, it's Robert Riopel R I O P E L dot com. Uh, that's where to go. I'll put the link in the podcast as well. Uh, so you can pick it up there. Uh, Robert, all that remains for me to say is thank you so much for taking the time out and and having a chat with us. I really do appreciate it. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me, David. There we go. Wraps it up. My special guest there, Robert Raymond Riopel. Remember, if you want to get that book, I encourage you to do it. It's Robert Riopel. So it's Robert, R-O-B-E-R-T-R-I-O-P-E-L.com. Get the book, make use of it, change your life. Wraps it up for me for this episode of What's Involved. To each and every one of you, look after yourselves, take care, and thank you for listening.